Welcome to Gaia's Consciousness Podcast, expanding your mind and spirit. Learn even more at Gaia.com. Watch interviews, movies, and original series created to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Your journey begins here. Lee Harris is back with me again to talk about the intense energies that are mounting. Certain theme words keep popping up at this time, one being truth. We're going to go to the Z's in a little bit and learn how this energy is supporting our growth. And it's interesting, the word truth is so loaded these days. I mean, here you have all this awful stuff out in, in the world, in the mainstream media and politics, tweeting and so forth, fake news. But, you know, the bottom line is it's not all external, it's internal. Mm -hmm. We're feeding ourselves fake news mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. In fact, we're feeding ourselves fake news almost all day, every day in our own internal dialogue mm -hmm. based on old programming, based particularly on fear, projections about the future. That's why I thought this conversation could be really good, you know, with disease today to start really launching into the information streams that are affecting our reality so deeply. So... Welcome back. Hi, good to be back. <laughs> and also, before we even talk to the Z's, I'd like to chat with you a little bit about the themes that you're noticing among your clientele and the mm -hmm. workshops and groups you do around the world. You must be seeing certain themes emerging, kind of like the, the search word, so to speak, of the subconscious psyche. Yes, yes. And for the group that resonate with the work that I do, there have been a few different themes coming up. The big one that, that has come up in the last few months is a, a phrase that came through the Z's, which is, you are needed and now is your time. And I think in many ways, we've heard this a lot and we've always heard that this shift time would be a time that people really have to stand in their power. But for me, from my perspective, I work a lot with sensitives, empaths, intuitives, healers, people who have always had a high degree of sensitivity and a high connection with all realms as well as the human realm, the big message is how are you dealing with the grounded stuff? Because you nail it really when you talk about our programming. We can understand spiritual concepts, but we still bring it back into the body and have to deal with where we have been programmed by society, by what happened to us. So for example, a spiritual truth for me could be, you are free to create everything in the universe. Right. And, and as I absorb that and take that into my body, up comes the voice that said, no, you have to work really hard and you're always going to have to work hard if you want freedom. Or I think we all are burning through those things at the moment, but there is a rise in power, I'm noticing, for people who are awakened, sensitive, empathic, but it, it's, it's a kind of grounded power versus an energetic power. I always think that the people I've worked with and the time that I've lived through there was a lot about accessing higher consciousness, bringing higher consciousness down into the body. And the last few years, one of the messages that I've been called to work on and with with people is, okay, it's in here now, how are we gonna alchemize it? And that's far harder. It's far easier to meditate out or to um, have a visionary moment that takes you into other realms. This stuff in the body that's really intense emotionally on the planet right now too, because even people who are unconscious of what's going on for them are highly emotional, highly charged. There's a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety, much of which is perpetrated and some of which I think is natural because I think we're seeing so many things going on on the planet that are distressing. So 
how are we navigating that? And the one big thing I'm always called to work on with people is boundaries, because that was a weak area for me as an empath and a sensitive. And the thing I learn over and over again is if you know who you are, what you're here to do, and you can hold that, you're going to be able to play your part at, in, at this time in the way that you are designed to play your part. We're all part of the jigsaw puzzle, and we all have our piece to play. But empaths, sensitives, intuitives, they can get lost in other people. I call it the abandoned self. You know, yeah. a, a good empath or a good, because empaths are usually good connectors, good healers. But what part of ourself do we have to abandon in order to be that? So if I'm with you and you're angry, I have to get rid of my joy or I have to get rid of my own natural state of peace in order to have a connection with you because there's no way your anger is going to be receptive to that. And what's the cost to the empath or the sensitive of doing that over and over again? Absolutely. And sometimes it's just really, as you say, grounded decisions we have to make about how we choose to live our life. I mean, just mm -hmm. a simple thing about, in fact, it, you, you triggered something that happened yesterday at the airport in my mind. And I thought, it does come down to these simple things that we, we're so conditioned within a society toward, we don't even think about. And I had a conversation with um, a man who worked at the airport who was from South Sudan, had a huge smile, and I said, so, how are you doing? He said, oh, it's a good day. I said, do you, I said, where are you from initially? He said, well, I'm from South Sudan. I said, how do you like it here? And he said, he said something interesting. He said, it's much safer. And he said, but I have to work so hard to have that safety. He said, my cousins and my friends at home in Sudan, we don't have to go to work. Most people don't even have jobs. We can talk to each other all day and enjoy one another's company, but we might be killed. It's very yeah. unsafe. And so just this one lens of this one man mm -hmm. and how his priorities had to go, he's working his tail off in America so he can just feel a sense of safety yeah. inside his life. So in a way, I know it's a bit of a non sequitur, but at the same time, we're not even stopping to examine the simple truths of how we lay our own lives out. Just that program alone is dictating a lot of what we are. Completely. It's, it's interesting. I had a personal example of that recently. The last two months, I've been working very, very hard on lots of different things. And it was one of those uh, cascade effect things. It wasn't that I planned it, but I had a, a team member who suddenly got sick and was out. And, and I caught myself about two weeks ago just running stress about every two about every two days. I would have this highly intense emotional reaction, and it would last for twenty minutes to an hour, depending on how I managed it. And um, I had I had that thought of just the my friend calls it Western mania, and how we in the West are so used to or programmed around working hard or this is what we do in the world. And I, I really had to bring myself down off the ledge in those moments because on the one hand, what I'm doing feels purposeful. On the other hand, you have to watch your own self-care. But even more than that, I, I, I noticed just this, I feel it as an energy crackle in the world at the moment, that there are times that you can feel very peaceful and you can focus peace for yourself and you may have shared peace with others. And then there are other times when you'll sit quietly in the garden or by yourself for a moment and you can feel the not your own intensity or uncertainty, but just the ripple effect that's going across the planet because everything's so fast and we've never had to keep up with this level of change, transformation. You talking about 
the inner shadow that we have, that I think we're in this period of shadow cleanse. So it's very confrontational to you and yourself around, oh, wow, there's a better way I can do that. I, I didn't need to say it that way to that person. And I often notice because of other people, I notice the way someone reacts to me and that sometimes gives me information. Oh, wow, I'm really in hyperproductive mode right now. And, and I noticed that was a little jarring to them. So I need to soften. But I think there's this massive change going on that's really very actualized versus conceptual. Whereas for me personally, if I go back 10 years, we were bringing a lot more concept down. And that, that's personal for me. But I think I, I see that change happening. The rubber meets the road. And with everything going on on the ground, that's become far more divisive, far more apparent conflict energy right in front of us and people going through trauma, whether it's world events, world disasters, mm -hmm. politics, um, just what that's doing to us as a collective. I think it's confusing and scary and self-care becomes huge for people who are not only picking up on that for themselves and conscious of it in themselves, but they're either working that in or for others or noticing that in, in others. Yes, and I think that's why what I brought up earlier does matter in that if we can't start with really the, the basement of our lives, which is the foundational elements of how we choose to live and how much stress and energy can be demanded of us at this time and make those really essential decisions on the ground, you're not going to be of much good to anybody else trying to hyper-process cosmic information mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you're not going to have the energy or clarity to even do anything with it. And this is a problem right now. And just like this man, you know, saying, I feel safer, but I miss my cousins. Mm -hmm. And why shouldn't we be able to have a cup of tea with our cousin in the middle of the day? Yes. Our birthright is to listen, to connect, to enjoy this planet and everything that it offers in the five sensory world. We're in a five sensory body. And yet we keep escaping, trying to go to the cosmic and divine and ineffectively at that because we can't ground ourselves. And for me, the cosmic and the divine is such a rabbit hole. Like yes. the more you learn, <laughs> you know, the more it just keeps going. So I think it is ineffective. It's a little bit like going to a tarot reader or uh, a healer for relief rather than growth. You know, right. I, I think it's, it's great to get some relief when you have a healing session and that's important. But if you're not alchemizing the information and taking away and going, all oh, right, so they've given me some sense of direction and now how do I want to actively work with that? You know, people giving their power over to seeing the healer as being the person that's going to bring them relief. That time is over. You, you can't live that way anymore and self-sustain and grow. And I think that's where there is a certain intensity because it gets us into our traumas, whether you experience those as past life or whether you experience those as this lifetime. And the nature of growth is that the more you evolve and the more that you uncover the gunk, the more this memory comes up from age 13. And you're like, oh my God, I, I, don't, I didn't really feel that at that time, the way I can feel it and process it now because I didn't have a framework. So I think that rapid fire of releasing the shadow has to happen. And I, I've always maintained this and felt this in my own life. When we induce and absorb a lot of light or a lot of transformation, there's gonna be a lot of on the back end because you know, if you elevate and bring in light higher frequencies, then what the body does is it goes, oh, okay, great. Well, I can now get rid of this. Mm -hmm. I can get rid of this depressive pattern. And we often go through that in layers. I think sometimes people think, oh, great. Well, I went to this workshop and I got rid of, 
I got rid of this aspect. And I've seen that with certain people who will say, I've now healed myself of this. And I'm always kind of, you know, I'm like, great if they did. I, I personally never make any of those proclamations because life is a spiral path. You never know when your issue with money is going to come around again in an even bigger way now that you've cracked it on that level. So I think that's very humbling. And I think, um, I think it's hard for us to feel humble because when we're humble, we're vulnerable. And we're vulnerable to, oh my God, this planet's wondrous and there's great stuff. And Jesus, there's all this other stuff as well. So I, I, for me, that has been... Uh, a personal process and a process that I lead other people to. It's like, how can we sit in the all of it and be more centered, be more balanced? Because it takes time to steer yourself there and uncover the original wounds and the past wounds. And, but, but also to kind of have some levity about it rather yeah. than constantly try and heal yourself, to try and laugh and go, yeah. okay, well, today I'm watching a comedy or right. this moment with this man that you're having is beautiful. And that, yeah. that's what life is for. It's like, oh, wow, that was... You had a magic moment. You know, I love those moments. Yeah. And, and again, it comes back to if you can get your base secured, mm -hmm. whatever that base looks like for you. And, and again, this gets down to our societal conditioning, what we're, our life is supposed to look like, what it's supposed to look like at a certain age, a certain stage, once mm -hmm. you have kids and so forth. We have to throw all that out the window and look at ourselves individually and say, what does my being need to sustain me so that I can be whole and begin working on these things yes. within and without. And so that, that's a whole different set of inquiry that really has to start from the bottom. How do I choose to live? Um, where do I choose to live? Can I live with other people so I don't have this huge burden on me? Mm -hmm. You know, all these base questions I think need to be answered even before the big spiritual journey. And we're kind of doing it back asswards a lot of times. Yeah. We're in a hurry to get out of the pain we're in from that life we've created. Mm -hmm. So we go out there and then you can't really use what's out there because you still have to go back down to work for a 10 hour shift or whatever it is that's mm -hmm. bothering you mm -hmm. or a bad relationship mm -hmm. or whatnot that you haven't found your way out of yet. I love that you're saying that because I think that's what this phrase, you are needed and now is your time, is about. It's a call to arms, but it's a call to arms about sort your life out. You know, I have this, um, I have a lot of, uh, again, sensitives, people who can, can feel tough stuff, but I'm always, uh, I, I hope, lovingly tough on them if they tell me they've been depressed for a year. I know what it's like to be God-awful depressed and not know if you want to continue living and you have to get yourself out of it. And there will be support and there will be magic moments, but you can't just pray for the angels. You can't just get mad at the universe. Good to get mad at the universe if you need to get mad at the universe for an hour and get it out of your system. It's good to pray for the angels, but it's also about recognizing that where you've been can be transformed, but that it will take time. And that if you're willing to put in the diligence and to go, okay, I really wish I had money now because my money pain is so strong that I just want to get rid of this money pain. Right. It might take you two years to really concentrate on looking at your patterns, being honest about, oh yeah, well, I never, I never look at my bank account because it scares me. You're going to have to look at your bank account because the only way that you're going to change that fear victim state is to look at the parts of it. And, and that's true for all of us, no matter how advanced you are. You know, I've never met... Anybody, I've met some really enlightened people, but if you're human and you're on the planet, there should always be a next phase of growth. And I think sometimes there's this illusionary idea that you can go back and be spirit embodied on the earth. Now that's called death. 
So for me, it's like, okay, well, the, the gift of us working our own life and recognizing we can make changes is we then become an energetic ambassador of it for others. You don't need to tell Uncle Jim, who hates spirituality, all about the spiritual world, but just you being in his presence when you've cleared up whatever ambivalence you've got in that relationship with him and you're working on your own life, you'll find year after year at those Thanksgiving parties or Christmas parties, he will slowly get a little bit more interested in you, not because of your concepts or your beliefs, he may never want those, mm -hmm. but the fact that you're loving and supportive toward him because your own compassion grows through really looking at the rubber meets the road stuff in yourself and going, yeah. oh God, yeah, I'm terrified to look at my bank account. Okay, yeah. this year I'm gonna look at my bank account once a week and it will hurt and I won't like it and it won't feel as nice as when I meditate. But if I walk into this, I'm gonna release the life force back into this dented or wounded area because we all have them. I couldn't agree more. And I have a, a, a friend who is just, um, she's a wonderful mystic Mm. The old druid, you know, lots of knowledge, practical, grounded knowledge, great understanding of roots and herbs and far beyond that. Um, but she's trapped in this thing mm -hmm. uh, where she cannot look at her finances and waits for her home to be taken away every day, mm. year after year, waiting for someone to knock on the door and take her home away from her because she, she can't engage with the world. And that's interesting because I, I always say that the starving healer is the same as the starving artist. Most people know about the starving artist syndrome. It's like, well, I'm just here to create, so I'm rejecting society. That's brilliant if you're like the happiest person I've seen. And I've met some like that who really do happily reject society and they have an alive life. But I see a lot of people bitter and resentful about yeah. the part. And with healers, there is this whole idea, you know, I'll, I'll occasionally see criticism um, why are you charging for the truth? And, you know, I kind of, you, you want to roll your eyes because you're like, well, actually, I spend a lot of time and money making free work for you. So why are you annoyed at the work that's going to pay the bills of me and my team over here? But you, you can't have that argument. But I, I think that that energy in the world is what makes a lot of healers feel that they have to heal the pain of the world. And at, at the root of it, it's the part of them that has so absorbed the right. pain and the suffering of the world or so absorbed the pain and the suffering of the alcoholic parent that they right. first cut their teeth on as a kid, that they can't see beyond it where they can not only turn off the healer mode, but also that they can be human too. I know for me, when I was full blown in my healer, things were difficult for me and, and I really realized I had to know how to switch it off. I had to know how to ground. I had to allow money in even though every time I put my session rate up I was mortified and I was worried about the people I was pricing out so point being these transformations they do come with emotional residue they do come with fear so they should because usually if we're going through a breakthrough it will only be a breakthrough if there's something we have to move through so you know it's why I'm always saying are you scared to paint a painting or sing a song great do it not because the painting or the song has to be good, but the growth you will get through walking into your fear, it will affect all other areas of your life. That's a good point. And I think also we compare it because we compare ourselves to others. We think, how come I can't mm -hmm. get it together? They got it together. And then you look at the great cultural icons, for mm -hmm. example, of society, which are usually on the cover of thing like Forbes magazine, mm -hmm. which usually is centered around the material world and mm -hmm. money, right? And um, I'm reminded of, uh, a friend of mine, I was trying to 
a new project going a number of years ago, maybe 20 years ago, because I'm always trying to get new projects going, right? And I'm always nervous about it. I don't know if I'll succeed or fail or if anyone's going to buy in and support it. And so I must have been expressing this to him. And I thought, I just, I just don't know if I can make this leap this time. And he said, let me tell you something. He said there was a Fortune 500 uh, survey that was done of the CEOs of the Fortune 500 companies. And there was a question in there that said, what is your greatest fear? And the most reflected fear was that they were going to be found out for the frauds that they actually were. They were living in that same anxiety, being toppled by the board of directors, mm -hmm. feeling like they're not as competent as the people around them. This is something that it is, it is to be human. Is to, you can't help but look around you and hope that you somehow add up in some world. Right. A great example of that for me is Adele, the British singer-songwriter, yeah. who I just think is fabulous oh, on wonderful. every level. I do too. So good for the world. And um, I loved it because in that year where she had just dominated the whole world with an album, and al you know, I'm a musician, so I track this stuff. Albums don't sell the way they used to. And yeah. she was selling albums all over the world because people were connecting with her. And she said, you know, I keep thinking someone's going to take it away. And, and I remember yes. reading that and going, it's so good that she says that to people. And, and as a reminder for any of us, it's, that was the gift for me of doing sessions with people. Um, I started 14 years ago, and I was blown away by what the very rich or very famous person or the mother who had the three kids she'd always wanted and the husband and the home, all the people that I would have thought got their dream the stuff they were dealing with. And, and it was very humbling to see, oh, everybody's got their stuff. We've all got our stuff. And comparison is just a disease that's in our minds. Um, I catch it in myself sometimes, and I have to remember it's misplaced admiration. So, you know, if ever I'm focusing on someone going, oh, wow, it's like, okay, great. Well, there's something in that that you would either like to become or experience. So invite yourself to it. And then oftentimes it's not real anyway. It's just we get caught in that, comparison mind and that takes us down that always takes our energy down so if i feel that happening in my body because of something i'm thinking i have to try and do the reverse it's like right. oh, okay celebrate them and invite yourself to be part of that energy too and it's amazing how if you do that diligently with your mind it changes your energy very quickly and that really circles right back to where we started there are all these societal diseases and programming that you can't love and light your way out of. You can't. You have to actually examine it in, in the raw light of morning. Mm -hmm. And it's like these cultural icons and like these business icons and, you know, people. Um, I saw a movie recently that the went on the story of the kidnapping of uh, J. Paul Getty Jr., mm. which was an amazing film. And um, the part of J. Paul Getty was just played exquisitely. At, by Christopher Plummer, and there was a scene in it where the kind of consigliere of the family, you know, is one who's running the money, trying to deal with the kidnappers, basically said, you are at this moment considered the richest man in the world. Your grandson, the one that you love, has been kidnapped, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, and all it takes is a few million dollars for you to cure this thing. What is it you're looking for? And he just said, more. There was never enough to fill yeah. the hole in his being. And these are the people we're often looking up to. That said, on the other side of the coin, we do see the creative efforts of people that do manifest. And with this lens of fear, to me, the key is it, 
a lot of people will say, oh, well, it's easy for them. They don't have any fear. Or, yeah, they have, they have courage. Mm. That is not true. Most of the people that have done something beautiful with their mm -hmm. lives have fear, but you do it anyway. Once you feel this as your, your calling, whatever it is, you don't let fear stop you from what you're doing. And that's a really key element here. You think if you have fear, it must not be for you. No. No, not at all. And, I, and for me, there's a difference between fear and terror. Yeah. So if I feel terror about something, I'm not ready. You know, if my body's like all alarms about something, maybe it's an instinct. Maybe it's I'm not ready. And I, I really try and trust my body. I don't want my intuitive mind to become dominant with my body's senses there. But right. what you said is so true because people often assume um, that... You know, they'll say, oh, you're fearless. Uh, and it's, it's like, no, not necessarily. It's just you have to learn um, when to lead with courage while dragging fear behind you. Like exactly. fear might be walking into the room yeah. with you, but you're just, you've just got enough momentum that you're like, oh. And I think that's what I meant earlier by work with your fear, because the more you start to do things that scare you, for example, if, if you're, I always recommend new business owners to go and learn something new. And they're always like, I haven't got time to learn salsa and I'm terrified of salsa. And I'm like, yeah, go and learn salsa because you're going to take your mind off this thing that you're putting all this weight onto. You're going to learn another skill. You're going to be in a position where someone is teaching you and that learning is transference into the business. Brilliant. But it also just cuts the mind from the focus. Gaia.com lets you explore over 8,000 films, documentaries, and original series. There's so much going on in the unseen world. Hidden truth. Why in the media today? They still seem to hold back on these incredible stories. Behind an unknown universe. Where science and spirituality all come together. Gaia.com. Content you can't find anywhere else. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Well, we could chat all day, mm -hmm. and so we now want to chat with the G mm -hmm. Z's for a little bit, and we're going to continue this conversation with them. So are you good with going away for a little bit I and let them come am. on in? I definitely am. I'll okay. just, uh, we'll just take a moment, okay? Hmm. Hmm. Good. Welcome. Uh, a pleasure to be in this collective conversation for that is what a channeled experience is it is a collective conversation and in many ways uh, there is a perception uh, that the entity or the energy or the higher self that is being channeled is in charge of the words but that is not true uh, the energy or entity or higher self is simply uh, speaking the words that the collective need to rise into so in many ways uh, the channeled being or channeler is in pure service to the conversational mind of the group that are gathered. And this is a very potent time on earth, or we would call it a time of golden abundance for those of you who are way showers, uh, light seekers, uh, spiritually minded, or even those who do not identify with spirituality but have strong activist or humanitarian leanings. Those of you who have felt dissatisfied with the world you were born into and the way it was going, this is your time. And yes, it may not be exactly how some of you might have imagined it. Some of you thought uh, that this place would have transformed into more of a paradise when you felt uh, most in your fire and in your power. No, that is not the case. Uh, part of your work as the transitionary team is to rub up against and rearrange some of these what you would call lower vibrations or darker areas of humanity and it takes time 
there is a very strong desire for so many of you to be able to click your fingers and wish that it had all changed overnight or could change or I am not re-entering society until it changes. Uh, that will be very painful for you if that is your uh, approach at this point. If you are nursing a wound of uh, the world is a bad place, the world is not for me, the world does not want me, the world does not want what I'm offering, we tell you you are in a dark illusion in yourself. And we say that with some compassion for we know to be in a dark illusion is painful. It feels like loss, disconnection, loneliness, acute loneliness, being cut off from your tribe. If that is your story and you are listening to this, we tell you, you are needed and now is your time, but it's going to require you uh, getting in the trenches and learning how to walk in a brand new way. For your society as you knew it is radically different to how it was even seven years ago. Uh, the energetic and collective makeup of your society is in a dismantling and disillusion phase, which yes, produces confusion, anxiety, and fear, uh, which some of the agendas on your planet like, because of course then they can, they think, manipulate things the way they want things to go, but they are not surviving in these energies either for the, uh, we will say, uprising of the light and the consciousness in people is going to far outweigh any who would like to control or manipulate. It will just take time. So this coming seven or eight year period, and this is being recorded in 2018, so uh, we are looking ahead to your 2024, 2025, you are going to feel a golden abundance about living that you have never felt before in quite the same way. But that is not prescriptive that everything is, to use Lee's phrase, just love and light. It means you will feel very alive, very purposeful, very in your body and your spirit at the same time. And many of you are transmitters of that frequency for others. Remember too that it goes both ways. Many of you as light workers focus on what you are doing for the planet. Are you grateful enough for those who are harvesting your food, the doctors who have kept you alive or brought you through diseases? Are you grateful enough for those on the ground? For you are all part of a jigsaw puzzle and a tendency with the spiritually minded can be to be equally as arrogant as those who are not as spiritual, uh, quote unquote. And we would argue all of these terms anyway, for to be a human in the body with a soul that is active is to be spiritual. So. Many of you in uh, the quote-unquote spiritual world are having a bit of a uh, crash awakening at the moment and uh, a certain loss of a dream, a certain loss of an illusion, an illusion that you thought everything was going to transform without too much effort on your part or without you having to get in the trenches. We will tell you that being in the body is good. Those who are about to die, they see this very clearly. They suddenly have the realization that all of the societal isms and schisms and diseases that you all have to run through your minds and your ways of being hold you back from the sensory wonder of this planet. So if you are somebody who is leaning heavily into the depressive of what your planet is losing or how things are going, you will not be part of the solution. Uh, we should be clear here that uh, much wonderful activism and humanitarian acts are done because of that activist or humanitarian getting angry or upset about what they're seeing. But the most effective change makers on your planet do not forget the importance of joy. They do not forget the importance of whether it is meditation or laughter or connection with others. 
they believe in being in this messy planet, this messy collective, you may look at them and think they are gracefully gliding along, uh, bonding with everybody. No, it does not work that way. You are all individuals. That is the irony of this planet. You are a collective that can constantly combine and connect with each other, but you are also highly individual. So it is healthy to feel alone from time to time. It is healthy to feel bonded from time to time. You are supposed to dance in and out of all of it. And the most effective change makers are those who are no longer afraid of the side that they have perhaps avoided. And we say this with no judgment. Suffering and pain on your planet is uh, intense to feel in the body and is uh, ancient. Uh, so for many of you, it takes time for you to let your bodies come online again once you have left those bodies in order to avoid the trauma of the world that you are feeling and try and breathe again spiritually so that your soul does not feel like it wants to wither and die. That story that many of you have that you do not want to be here anymore. Oh, this is your time to be here. This is your time to be here in a bigger way than ever before. And for some of you, that big way will involve going out into the world and being perhaps more extrovert or connected or seen than you ever have. And for others among you, that will involve working on feeling and sensing in a way that you never have before, bringing your senses, your feeling and your appreciation of life internally to the fore in a very profound way. So if we could give you one piece of advice for this time, and it will be very hard to ingrain, try to stay out of the rights and the wrongs. It will be very tempting for you to think this person is right, that person is wrong. Even those of you who consider yourselves quite advanced. Why? Because the amount of emotion that is being put behind right and wrongs at this time is volcanic. And remember, you do not respond to words. You respond to emotion. There are a million ways to say, I love you. You can say it in a very dead way. I love you means nothing. You can say, I love you in a big, passionate, heartfelt way. I love you. It is the energy that you listen to, not the words. And the energy around right and wrong at this point with all of the division that is taking place on your planet is highly seductive. And it is pulling so many of you off your own centers. We say that not as a judgment, just as a reminder that the reason you sometimes feel off is because you are not recognizing the ocean has changed. The undertow has become a lot stronger. So you will need to swim better and know when you need to go to the shore to lie and rest. And rest is very important, but it need not be three weeks at a spa because you have burnt yourself out in life. It should be 30 minutes a day of peace, silence, tending to yourself. When you do this with regularity, you do not run burnout. But remember, you are in a society uh, where this is not the norm. There are certain cultures in the world where this is celebrated and practiced, and you are so influenced by the society that you are in, you would not believe it. That is how you regularly lose your center. And there is nothing wrong with that in and of itself. But we are telling you, this is the time that you need to deepen your self-care, your needs. They are very important so that you can be strong and magnetic and useful in this time where you are needed. Hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. And I would like to continue on a theme you spoke about a moment ago where so many people say they don't want to be here anymore. Probably, I think one of the most common phrases I hear is, oh, I'm not incarnating again. I'm done with Earth. And I say, where do you think you're going? What do you think happens then? And so I would love it if you would explain to us the truth about what happens once you've said, I'm done, I'm not coming back, because you're frustrated. 
let's talk about what the options are if you didn't come back and what the, what the draw is to continue coming back. Well, first of all, we will say, think of that time where you have booked a vacation or a trip on your planet and you are excited about that vacation or the trip. And then the day comes and most of you get a little anxious about going. Huh. This thing that you say you wanted, all of a sudden the uprooting of it is a little bit of a shock to your nervous system, either because you've been very busy or because many of you get very rooted where you are and there is a certain safety in the patterning of the routine that you had. So to interrupt that routine, it is quite normal, especially if this trip or this vacation is going to infuse you with certain positive or educational or growth energies, there will always be some hesitation. There will always be some part of you that goes through a strange period as you have to leave one reality and come to another. For those people who run this story a lot of, I'm not supposed to be here, uh, we will tell you, you truly are. If you are on the planet, you are supposed to be on the planet. We have said this many times. It is so easy to die. There are so many times in your life that you can die. Most people have 80 plus options in their lifetime uh, across the time of their life where they can pop out at any moment. And for others, it is hundreds and hundreds. So you can always be whisked off the planet. Uh, what we would say is, yes, there are other dimensions, there are other re realities, but for those of us in this group that Lee is connected to, uh, we are energetics. It does not mean that we have not been incarnate on Earth or other places, for in this group there are uh, members who have been that. However, what we try to remind you is there is nothing like the emotional or the sensory frequency of this planet that you are on now. And more importantly, some of you seem to forget that it is a job to be on Earth. Uh, some of you have this ingrained in your mind, but part of what you are doing here is cleaning. And we say that not to mm, disappoint or uh, de-glamorize the process, but the truth is part of what you are trying to do is help clean up and change the frequencies. So many of you who feel like you shouldn't be here, uh, you have uh, been the kinds of energies, if you like, that can work uh, mm, areas of the world. So for example, uh, there are many uh, unembodied beings who are clearing energies of your planet or other planets. Uh, but for many of you, it is far more interesting to drop into the body. But if you are highly sensitive, if you have strong angelic leanings, uh, it is a shock to be back in the density and the, mm, 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 we will say, aggression of this place. For it is a very aggressive place. And we do not just mean Mm, aggressive actions or destructive uh, people killing each other, uh, we mean the aggression of the energy on the physical senses is very, very strong. Whereas when you are out of the body, when you are back to source or your soul body, uh, everything is far more fluid and open and uh, things are not as staccato as they are when you are in the human body. Thank you. And to manage it, what a lot of people do is turn to intrigue for escape. It can be anything from watching movies and playing video games to uh, tapping into intriguing spiritual information. It doesn't matter. It's still intrigue to escape. And what happens is the truth seems to be sitting there, but we don't know how to discern it, waiting for our attention. Can you talk about this tendency toward flight from our reality and what we need to do to anchor back into genuine truths and be able to discern one from the other, the intrigue from the truth, the useful truth. 
Uh, we uh, appreciate your um, analysis and we would just like to offer one uh, other aspect, a way of seeing this escape, as you call it. For it is true that many escape and they do it um, mindlessly and uh, for some it becomes a numbing act. Uh, but we will also say this, um, entertainment, information, uh, these are what we would call dream states. And they are ways that many people have got used to giving their dream or their visionary power over to. So mm -hmm. there are certain high frequency experiences that can be had. For example, Regina, we will use you and your show. Are there some people who escape uh, through coming to you for comfort and clarity and a feeling of home? Yes. Mm -hmm. Are there others, in fact, more in the majority, who use it to anchor in what home should feel like? And then they have a sense in their body of what is more normal to them uh, than what they are presented in the outside world. And do they then alchemize and galvanize that feeling and start to create and identifying, identify it in other areas of their life, consciously and unconsciously? Yes. So what we would say is there is a disconnect between uh, the vision and the dream state in the human and the creative in the human. This is why creativity is so essential. All of you need to create and not to order or because you are being paid, but you need to create to express and to run your own energy through your system and put it back into form on the earth. Mm -hmm. So, for example, somebody might write a poem. Somebody might create a, a magical meal for their loved ones or themselves. Somebody might create in the earth, in the garden. Somebody might carve something from wood. Uh, when you go into these states, you are running source energy through your own body and this is very important. So what you are differentiating is uh, the part of the nervous system that has to shut down and go completely out of the body. Uh, you mm -hmm. often call this fight or flight. Mm -hmm. uh, but equally, it is not so much that the flight out of the body is the problem. Uh, the problem is the lack of um, continuum between the state of trauma and the state of elation. It is the middle cylinder that links those two uh, that is actually what all of you need to develop. This is why it's so important to, as a society, talk about the, the things that you are now speaking about, the discomforts you have, the worries, the concerns, for that had been homogenized out of your culture and only given to art, whereas your society is becoming a bit more adept at what we would call emotional communication. So that is helping. People need their bodies back. And what is happening is their bodies are either being taken by taken hostage by society or their work or them having to detach from how they really feel about something in order to see through a commitment with a person or a job or um, some role they have that they're struggling to fulfill. Uh, so we would say that the problem is not so much where people escape to or the trauma that they have. It's there is a lack of development of what we would call the middle ground. Uh, so that propulsive fight or flight, which takes a lot of energy from a person and pulls them off their own sense of center and ground, can start to dissipate the more that people are creating from inside themselves. And for many, this can start by simply being artistically creative. But we assure you that the act of creativity is a necessity, not a luxury. It is something that all of you are in touch with when you first come into this planet. And depending on how it is supported by the individuals who raised you uh, and also the kind of work that you have in the world and uh, the lifestyle, uh, it is something that most of you lose somewhere between the ages of 7 and 16. You disconnect from it. And also the inner critic has a lot to do with this. And that inner critic is an inner voice that you have mm, mm, developed through listening to all of the outer voices.
Mm, here, here, absolutely beautifully said. It's creativity is our native state, and you're right, we get so easily cut off with it um, to go with function. Um, and so going back to the notion of truth and finding our truth, this is a confusing area for a lot of people, especially if you expose yourself to massive amounts of conflicting information. People are, and I get these questions all the time. You interview someone that says this, you interview someone that says this, uh, another person or host or magazine article says this, and people end up frozen in a state of confusion. How do we use our being and our body as a tuning fork for essential truths. What is our guide to finding truth again? Does it light you up or does it put you into fear? Now sometimes uh, things can put you into fear when you first have a shocking revelation and you then come through that shock. But what we would say is if you are someone who says you are seeking the truth, it is an impossibility. Uh, meaning there are so many perspectives and this very multidimensional universe that you live in uh, is far more complex than the human is allowed to experience. And we say that not to be forbidding this word allowed, it is just part of the gravity belt of being a human and the earth. There is only so much that you are supposed to or, or designed to access. Yes, you can have cosmic multidimensional experiences and all of that is a truism, but if you are looking for the truth, you are going to run yourself into trouble. And some part of you that is looking for the truth has not yet identified uh, the traumatized or fight or flight part of you that is trying to find an outer solution for the inner pain or the inner discomfort. If you are looking for uh, your truth or if yes. a person is looking for their truth, their truth about life that gets them back in their body in a way that they are feeling more well-being, more happy, more of service naturally and joyously, more that they are able to receive some of the gifts of life and that their heart is not afraid to be touched by others. Are you somebody who always pushes the compliment away? Stop it. You have to uh, recognize you are always pushing the compliment away and it is safe to receive and feel compliments. And if it isn't safe to you, yes, be curious about what in the past has stopped you feeling safe while also opening up to the now, which is a very different time. So we would say that truth seekers are not actually seeking truth, they're seeking themselves. Yes, hmm. I agree, our truth, the truth that is at the base of what we need for our own development. And, you know, interest, I totally agree with you in that I experience it on a level of expansion versus contraction. When there's huge contraction, it's something that usually is not resonating with me for this time, for my learning and what I need to contribute to the world. And so I think the way you said it is very accurate, you know, something that lights you up or something that shuts you down. So instead, um, another area that I think a lot of people are intrigued with, and it's come to surface a bit, and people get all excited about it, is the notion of disclosure. Uh, around Christmas of this, this last year, um, there was an article that came out, old, old news, but for people reading the New York Times that have never heard of any of this, um, that there, was, there were government panels working with the study of alien agendas, right? And now for the first time, the public, or one of the first times, the public is suddenly saying, see, I told you so at a dinner party. I, I told you they existed. So we get in a big kind of, a big uh, intrigue, kind of mass intrigue around you know, other beings that are here and, and their place over our lives and such, while still avoiding often looking at our own lives. Can you talk about the interface of this whole notion of disclosure, the awareness that other beings have been on this planet, and 
What are places within that now, from your perspective? Well, there are multiple truths to this. And first of all, disclosure, of course, will come, but it will happen over a far longer time than would satisfy most of the, we would say, avid disclosure seekers. If you are an avid disclosure seeker, investigate what you're missing in yourself. Uh, we are not judging your uh, seeking for, like any group on your planet that is very hell-bent on um, talking about a certain subject or bringing it into the consciousness, there is a certain puzzle piece that they are playing. They are being the people who are passionate and activist about a certain aspect of life that has either been hidden, suppressed, or not put into the mainstream. So there is an aspect of their um, avid nature that is true. But there is also another aspect, which is they are looking for disclosure to bring the freedom to them and the world that they think uh, it needs or that they themselves are not feeling. Uh, so it is always good if you are mm, obsessive about anything in life to check your obsession. What we will say is uh, that disclosure will not uh, change the world in the mm, 360 way that many of those people crave. However, it will certainly shake it up 180. And this is part of the reason that the suppression has been uh, by a small number of people uh, encouraged because what will happen to humanity once there is more awareness of life on other planets is the stranglehold of mm, what we would call revealed shadow government will start to lose power and authority. Because at the moment, un not unlike the God that you are given through your religious sources that you are all supposed to bow down to and be separate from and not have any sense of personal power around, so too have those who are running this very culture that runs you ragged this very culture that you and Lee were addressing earlier that does not leave any of you space to breathe for you are in the machine and that you all have to work hard to survive, most of you. Uh, that very culture that has been created is designed to keep you small. And once you realize you are part of a wider universe, which all uh, human beings know at heart, uh, so this also starts to rapidly undo the programming of the human being. Once the human being is reminded of the wider source truth of universal life and this, shall we say, interplay between human and other uh, planets for many, 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 many generations, uh, suddenly the mm, mm, glass uh, ceiling starts to crack. And there are a small number of people who do not want the glass ceiling to crack, uh, but there is an energy movement among this a group of human souls that you are now part of in this incarnation uh, that are on the back of the evolution of all of the prior human souls who've been building this fever pitch of what you might call consciousness or awakening, it cannot hold. It has to break. So we would say, uh, like anything, like any obsession about disclosure, there is good and bad. Uh, but we would say, uh, at best, it has been a very important part of this world being liberated from some of the financial and energetic and emotional control that humans have been put under that is not best designed for humans or the planet. Mm. Mm, interesting. Then we have only time for one more question. And looking at us as human beings, because we're such a unique species, we have the greatest and the lowest behaviors in our grasp at any time. Where are we under, what are we undervaluing in ourselves in terms of our strength, our beauty and our abilities? What are the most common things we undervalue in ourselves, our own species? You have all been taught to undervalue your hearts. And if you steer a society away from their hearts, they lose the power center. The heart is the center of the body. The heart chakra is the power center of the body for we see your bodies extending a good 12 to 20 inches above your physical heads. 
so therefore, the heart is the energy center of the body. And if you can get people disconnected from their hearts, either through fear or through telling them they aren't good enough or through creating a comparison culture, which you see being highly encouraged and activated, creating a culture of judgment without healing. Uh, we should say this. There are many things going down on your planet right now that people are in shock horror about. And there is judgment rising to the surface. Uh, everything is perspective-based. We are not in any way mm, trying to say that certain people who have uh, committed acts against others that have caused them pain and suffering should just be let off those acts. But this hardline right-wrong judgment without recognizing that some of these acts have been perpetrated by those who are playing out the biggest shadows of the culture you are all in, even if you yourself are not embodying that shadow to that level, that judgment is part of the separation and the division. So you have to be very careful with judgment. Judgment is one of the ways that you have all been kept separate from each other, and steering you away from your hearts is how you have been kept away from your power. With men, it is to discourage them and confuse them uh, about their feelings, and with women, it has been to devalue their place, uh, for they are strong in feeling. We will say this, mm, there is this common misconception uh, that men are uh, far less emotional than women, and we would say it's actually the opposite way around. Mm -hmm. Women have been emotional about the lack of power and the injustice that they have had to suffer for a long time, and that is what can make them emotional, for they have not been given voices or authority in areas that that emotion would have gone down. Men are naturally far more emotional than women, but they have been discouraged from it and shamed away from it. Uh, this is why when you have little boys and little girls, you will often see it as the boys who get more upset and stay upset for longer than the girls. Uh, so this is an important thing for all of you to understand. You have all been told a lie about who you are supposed to be. And we say that not to get the conspiracy theorists all aflame, uh, because conspiracy theorists have a tendency to live in their head, their mind, and want to escape to the information. We are not putting all of them in that camp. There are some wonderful activist warriors for certain uh, what you would call conspiracy or shadow hidden elements on your planet. But uh, what all of you need is your hearts, your vulnerability, your feelings. When you let this come back into the body and when you actively start to encourage, invite and seek it, it changes who you are as a person. It changes the way you interact with the rest of the world. And if each of you start changing the way you interact, an osmosis will occur across the planet that will unleash a power in humanity, the likes of which you will have never seen. This is where this word humanitarian will come from. Those that you hail as humanitarians, they are you. They are how all of you are naturally designed to be. They are just the ones who, for whatever reason in their life, circumstance, training, uh, focus and dedication, have allowed the humanitarian in themselves to come out to the fore. But that is actually how all of you are designed. And the pain that you feel in the disconnection from each other and the separation from each other is because that design has been diminished from the way that you're allowed to be. This next 10, 20, 30 years is the rebirth of that design unfolding into your collective once more. Well, it's been an absolutely lovely conversation. I thank you so much for taking the energy to come through, Lee, and join us here today to inspire so many people that will be watching this later. And with that, I say go well and thank you so much. And we can have Lee back anytime. Hi. That was good. Mm. I enjoyed that very mm. much. A lot of very grounded, useful information. It's a time to take stock mm. and to take action.
and take some time for rest so we have time for action. We have the energy for it. Fire. It's funny. Fire. The one thing I've really noticed with them recently and partly, you know, my own evolution and partly them, that there's this fire that comes oh, yeah. through them that's really on. And I feel like that's the fire that we're all tapping into. That, I totally that you agree. are needed fire. So we do need rest from it too, because it do. activates you and then you need to rest and recover and then it activates you. And so yeah. Full yeah. willingness, full responsibility yeah. and honoring our own truth. Yes. And Lee, um, we're out of time. Thank you so much. I think that was my favorite conversation with the Z's I ever. I feel the same way. And maybe I say that every time, but this really was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until me. next time, Lee. Yeah. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed words from the Z's and Lee both. We'll certainly be getting back together again. For more of Lee's video blogs and work, you can go to leeharrisenergy.com. Until next time, thank you for joining us here on Open Minds. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gaia's Consciousness Podcast. Learn even more at Gaia.com and watch interviews, movies, and original series, all to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Gaia. Watch. Belong. Transform.